In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 346th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons started their joint practices with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And we're going, we're going to preview those uh the upcoming game against Jacksonville on Saturday that will conclude the exhibition season. The uh, Falcons are 1-1 one one on the exhibition season. Jacksonville is 0-3. They're coming to town with their new coach, Doug Peterson, who was out of football last year but won the Super Bowl a few years back with the Philadelphia Eagles. That was the last time the Falcons were in the playoffs in 2017. That season died on the one-yard line in Philadelphia. And then Peterson with Nick Foles at quarterback and Frank Reich as his offensive coordinator went on and won Super Bowl 52. Uh, The Falcons have not been to the playoffs since, but they will be going against Jacksonville and Peterson on Saturday at 3 p.m. at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Last season, the Jacksonville Jaguars were 3-14. They lost to the Falcons 21-14 on November the 8th down in Jacksonville. So today we were uh, out at Flowery Branch. The practices started between the two teams, and we talked to Coach Arthur Smith about the competition at certain positions. Yeah, it's real. And I'll say this. Um, I'll give Deion credit because he's going to come out here. He's going to compete. He's going to work his way back in. And it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to get on the field in that room because, and that's what you want in that competition because Rashawn and Mike Walker are doing a great job. And we got to see what Troy can do. Landman, Dorian, they've had good preseasons. Now, Quit, who's been a vet, and you had Deion. It's going to play itself out. But I will say this about Deion I'll give him credit because he, he got the right mindset to come out here and prove something. So he knows what he's got to improve off from last year. And that competition's real. So I do appreciate him. He wants to, he wanted to get back and wanted to compete. We'll see where it goes. That was a little breaking news today. Falcons linebacker Deion Jones returning to practice off of the physically unable to perform list. We were out on the field when he came out and knew that that was breaking news, uh, that Deion was back off of the physically unable to perform list. That was Coach talking about the linebackers and the competition that's there. One of the big guys in that competition is rookie Troy Anderson, who made his debut against the New York Jets. So he wanted to know how Troy did, uh, second-round pick, 52nd overall in the draft. We wanted to know how he did in his debut against the New York Jets. Like most rookies, things you could clean up. I, I wasn't a lock of effort. You saw, you know, some things flash, but it's the first time out there. Um, like always, there's always things to clean up. Yeah, um, 
had one ta- two tackles and one quarterback hit. Be keeping a good eye on Anderson. He's one of the top draft picks in this class, and if they can convert him from uh, you know a small school to Montana State a football player to an NFL player, that'll be a good get for the Falcons. Now they'll be going against Jacksonville this week. We haven't seen our guy Corderell Patterson in any uh, briefly one snap in both of the games. It's pretty clear they're not trying to give him the ball here in the uh, exhibition season. But, you know, he's going against a Jacksonville team that's 0-3 in the exhibition season. Uh, I was at the game against Vegas and Canton when they lost 27-11. to uh, They also lost to Cleveland 24-13. to And then last week, 16-15 to the Steelers. So, uh, Corderell Patterson, he's the number one fullback uh, running back. They're not going to play him much in this offseason, but we chatted with him a little bit today. I wanted to know, hey, are you comfortable with not playing? Can you get ready for the season by not playing? He was working real hard up in New York, New Jersey, actually, for uh, during the practices. Looked like they were getting him lathered up and ready to go, but then he only played one play in the slot against the Jets. So we, we discussed this with Corderell, and we just asked and started off with, with, you know, what the plan is for him to get ready for the season. Hey, man, whatever coach need, like I said at the end of the day, whatever coach need, I'm going to be the guy to go out there and do it. You know, if it's five refs, 30 refs, 40 mm-hmm. refs, whatever he need, you know, practice in the games, I'm going to go out there and give him my all. Yep, he said he was working real hard in New York to get ready to play, but he, he didn't. Man, I thought, you know, Coach always tell you, you know, everybody going to get mm-hmm. so many plays in the game. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, you done. So it's like, mm-hmm. what can I do, man? You know, whatever he need. And, uh, you know, hey, I was like, hey, is Coach hiding you from us? He doesn't want us to see uh, how he's going to deploy you. <laughs> I don't think he, he hide anything. Man. I mean, everybody would see what I did last year, so he, he really can't hide anything. So, okay. you know, my, my biggest thing is just continue to work hard. You know, we this year we got a lot of more – Threats outside, you know, we got we got Drake, you know, we got we got Rich, OZ, a baller doing this thing, Kyle, Marcus, you know, fucking just those guys, man. We we just ready, man, just hungry. You know, just ready to prove everybody wrong, you know, because we know everybody doubting us this whole year, so we just try to go out and show them wrong. Yeah, he, you know, he's uh, in tune to the fact that a lot of people, USA Today just came out and said they're going to win two games. Uh, the over and under is 4.5 games, and the Falcons know that people – in their minds, are underestimating him. That's what he was uh, referencing there. And, uh, you know, I'm old school. I think you got to get out there and play, but, you know, they clearly are not doing that these days. So I wanted to know from Corderell, are you okay with not getting any action in the preseason? Like you said, I, I've been doing it for a long time, man. I mean, when that switch come on, it's on. You know, like I say, when coach need me for one play, coach need me for ten plays. You know, mm-hmm. I'm gonna do whatever he need me to do, man. If it's running the ball, catching the ball, mm-hmm. returning, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm his guy. Well, there it is. That's the top running back. You know, the Falcons. Uh, he hasn't showed much. You know, the um, top uh, running back, Corderell Patterson, two plays. The top pass receiver, Kyle Pitts. Uh, they threw him one pass last week. He was done after three plays. That's going to be the Falcons' offense, but, you know, they're not showing it in the exhibition season. He is getting Marcus Mariota ready to play. Marcus coming over from the Raiders after the Matt Ryan trade, former starter with Tennessee. And we want to know how, how everything's been going so far. He's been uh, on the field for the start of uh, each of the last two games, and, 
Just always got to check in with the quarterback to see how things are coming together, and that's what we did today. It's been awesome. Uh, for me, it's it's really exciting. Um, you know, not many guys get another chance like this, so I'm just grateful for it. Um, when it comes down to this team, it's fun. It's a young team, and I feel like everything that has gone through and what I've been through in my career has really, really allowed me to build relationships with guys and kind of learn how to be you know, somebody they can lean on. So uh, when it comes down to it, I, I'm very excited. I'm very grateful for this opportunity. I'm going to make the most of it. Well, he's going to try Mark's former Heisman Trophy winner at Oregon. He's going to get the reins here for the Falcons. Uh, been on the bench the last couple of years. Started in Tennessee. And he'll get a chance to revive his career here with the Atlanta Falcons. Now, so far, the results have been pretty good. They've scored on three of the four drives that he's been in the game, uh, two touchdowns and a f one field goal, and then, and then the other drive stalled. Um, they were trying to do a backup drive, but uh, three out of four, That's I wanted to know if that was encouraging, if that was a good start with these four drives in the exhibition season. Encouraging. I, I still leave a bad taste in my mouth when you don't finish on one of them, you know, uh -huh. but I, I think just – in and out of the huddle, operating, I think all in all we've done a really good job. Now it's carrying that foundation over to the season. Well, uh, last week Michael Vick was at practice. We talked to him, and then uh, he did a little piece for our guys over at the 33rdteam.com, and Mike is saying, hey, Falcons might be a surprise team this year. And so we pointed that out to Marcus, and here's what he had to say about uh, Michael Vick's analysis. Mike's now a uh, commentator with Fox Sports. <laughs> I love it, and I appreciate it. It was cool to, to have, see him out here. It was, it was fun to be around him. I grew up idolizing Michael Vick, and um, for me, it, it's just it's really humbling uh, for somebody to believe in you like that. And, um, you know, the more the merrier. We're going to do whatever we can just to kind of keep that outside noise away from us, but we appreciate the support. They're hearing that whole two wins thing. That's the outside noise he's talking about. I'm thinking that he's not going to play much. Saturday so I'm like hey are you good are you ready to go if that was your last game or you know or are you gonna you know try to get some more action on Saturday against the Jacksonville Jaguars I'm impartial like I it really depends on what the coaches want to do um I'll be ready to play um if not I'm I'm ready there to support my teammates and do what I can to help all right before we go to the break uh just want to look at Jacksonville's draft class which uh you know it was followed very closely here in Georgia for the last couple years because uh, uh, in 2021 they had the number one overall pick and they took Trevor Lawrence, quarterback uh, from Cartersville and Clemson. And then this year, uh, number one overall, they took Trayvon Walker, the defensive end from the University of Georgia, who uh, looked pretty good in practice today. And their other draft picks they're counting on this year, Devin Lloyd, the linebacker from Utah, he was taken 27th overall, and he made his first uh, appearance at practice after dealing with a hamstring injury, uh, made it uh, today in Flowery Branch. Their third round, they had two third-round picks, Luke Fortner, a guard from Kentucky, and then Chad Muma, a linebacker from Wyoming. Their number fifth, uh, fifth-round pick was Snoop Connor, a running back. And Snoop's doing pretty good. I saw he's from Mississippi. I saw him in the Hall of Fame game up in Canton. Number six, their sixth round pick is Gregory Jr. 
He's the 197th overall cornerback. You know, everybody needs cornerbacks. He's out of Ottawa Baptist. And Monteric Brown, defensive back, 222nd overall, seventh round out of Arkansas. So that's a heavy, heavy, heavy SEC draft. You got uh, Georgia, Kentucky, Mississippi, and Arkansas. So they weren't straying too far out of the the uh, best conference in the uh, land to pick their players last uh, last year. So with that, this is the Bowtie Chronicles podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. We're going to take a break, a pause for the cause right now. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution is taking Georgia political coverage to the next level. Now, Georgia's smartest political team is adding Hall of Fame political broadcaster Bill Nygut. I am beyond thrilled to be joining the remarkable political team at the AJC. And with the year that we have unfolding in politics, it's going to be an exciting ride. Read Bill Nygut's expert insight on AJC.com and listen to the Politically Georgia podcast with me, Greg Bluestein. And me, Patricia Murphy. And me, Tia Mitchell. Hear new episodes every weekday. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. All right, welcome back to the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. We're getting ready for a exhibition season finale. And, um, you know, something that we're working on, uh, we're going to talk to um, Trayvon Walker at practice, so come back to AJC.com for that. We're going to talk to Fourier Ulakan, the Falcon, former Falcons linebacker who led the league in tackles last year in um, – Got him a big fat contract, $28 million of it guaranteed with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we're going to go uh, and, and talk to Foyer, see how it's going in his new residency. He was always good to the media here. He was one of our winners of the Pro Football Writers of America Good Guy Award. So we know he has fans in Atlanta that want to see how he's doing. And so we plan on checking in uh, with him. And then another thing we have, you know, we do the 53-man roster analysis. We do it after they played some football. Some people just out there throwing darts on the board. Like, hey, here's it just because they do well and get a lot of clicks on online and so forth. But you don't you don't know. You never knew Jared Bernhardt can get open and catch the ball. Uh, he can return kicks now. So, you know, you, you know, now we know. We've seen the guys play football. Some people got hurt. Some people got injured. So we can do a um, – you know, analysis of the roster now that we've seen him play eight quarters of football. Uh, we see D. Alford play at nickelback in that corner, and he's made plays in every game. So uh, Isaiah Oliver is, is still working his way back from the knee. So, you know, there are factors and variables that make these uh, other 53 roster men analysis before they play football pretty ridiculous. So we'll be on point. We'll do the locks. We'll look at the people on the bubble and the uh, long shots. 
And uh, this morning, just to tip off the wide receivers, Bernhard is he can he's competing for that sixth spot. He's in the mix. He's in the mix for a roster spot. You know, early on, everybody was set thinking, me included, hey, the lacrosse guy might, um, you know, maybe they'll keep him on the practice squad. They can develop him. His route run is a little uh, shaky and so forth. But uh, uh, he's been able to get open in two games, caught the game winning touchdown in Detroit. Maybe a little bit better long shot than we thought. So let's, um, you know, talk to one of our guys we like to check in with because he's uh, got a big role on the team this year. It's uh, Arde Agunda J. And uh, we wanted to know how how did um, how things went against the Jets and how he wants to finish up the exhibition season. I think things went pretty well against the Jets. I think we still got to work on some things, but that's a part of the preseason. And obviously, we didn't get the win, and that's what we look for. But I think for the most part, you know, we played hard and did a good job. And yeah, I always like to ask the guys, "Hey, where's the unit at? You know, a lot of new players. How's it coming together?" Here's what he had to say. I think we are in a good position right now. We all are learning. We all are playing better. We're playing with confidence, and we're rolling around right now. And that's the biggest thing is uh, 11 guys rolling to the ball. And that's what we saw against the Jets is guys running to the ball, making plays, making some big hits, and that's the biggest thing out there. Yeah, that is a good – yeah, they did do a good job. They forced four points. It was the Jets' backup, their number three quarterback, Mike White. But they didn't let him hurt him, so that was good. You know, Zach Wilson's out with the injury. Joe Flacco didn't play. He he was, you know, spinning the ball very well against them in the joint practices. But against Mike White, they were rolling around and forced four punts to start the game. So that's, uh, that's what you want from your defense. But, you know, he's an outside rusher. He's an edge rusher, so we have to ask about the pass rush. And here's what he had to say about – Getting to the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, like gonna I mean, it's going to, you know, you, the questions are guaranteed. You know, last year we were obviously last in sack, so those questions are going to come, but we got to get better. And the only way to get better is work on it and to work as one. The best, like I always say, the best pass rushers, they all work together. You know what I'm saying? You got five guys hunting to the ball, going crazy, they're going to get to the quarterback. There he is, Ade Agunda J from Notre Dame, second year player. A lot of expectations for him. So let's go over our um, our 10 quick takes we have from practice today. And uh, then we're going to come and hear from Deion Jones. And then we'll wrap up with our injury report. The coach doesn't know when we ask him about the injuries. Yeah, he doesn't have to give us an injury report until the start of the season. But then that leaves us with the uh, – we're in the position where we got to do our own injury report. So we uh, – I'm fine with that, and and we ended up with our own injury report today to put online, minus the details from the coach, who's got a better injury report because he talks to the doctors every day. But Deion Jones is back, former pro bowler, had shoulder surgery. They moved him off of the physically unable to perform list. We'll hear from him a little bit later. Seven-on-seven drills, I watched those early. Marcus Mariota was sharp. Uh, hitting on eight or nine passes. He hit seven in a row. Then missed a mere bird in the end zone on a pass that sailed high. Quarterback uh, Desmond Ritter then came on his first ball. He went deep (laughs) and uh, was a little bit behind Brian Edwards. He twisted his body, you know, got his hands on it and and didn't pull it in. Uh, And under, you know, my dad's rule that we talked about here, if you touch the ball, you catch the ball. So he he would have got uh, he would have had to run some laps there because he caught he put his hands on it and didn't catch it. 
Uh, Ritter's third pass was dropped by Felipe Franks. He drilled him right over the middle. Uh, you know, Felipe's got to catch that, even though he's a quarterback tight end. Then he connected on his next five in a row and hit Cam Batson in the end zone. His uh, final pass was in the end zone to Kyle Pitts, but Kyle did an out route, and the poor little Jacksonville D-back grabbed him, and it didn't take long for the refs to throw out the flag. So that was uh, I would have put it on the one, and they would have likely scored. So Ritter was 6-9 during that period. Watch the special teams units and Alameda Seguias and Mike Ford did a good job of vice duty and not letting the gunner from Jacksonville get up the field. Uh, and I saw Corey Ballantyne and Stanley Berryhill also did a good job. Berryhill even got him a knockdown block, just knocked the guy on the ground. So he can't really cover the punts if he's on the ground. So if that guy was trying to make Jacksonville as a gunner, he probably cut himself today. Now the punter, Bradley Pinion, uh, he was punting after they were doing the gunner and vice drills and uh, got his last punt. He boomed it pretty far. Hang time was 4.9 seconds. He's a veteran punter. Had a bad punt in the game on Monday, but they got a lot of things to worry about. The punter's not one of them. Cornerback A.J. Terrell, didn't see him on the field a lot in 11-on-11. We don't know if it was a rest day. We asked him about it. It was a little bit evasive. You know, assuming it was a rest day, he's been out there grinding. And, uh, you know, they want to get Darren Hall some work, and, and that's we'll just leave it right there. Also, Avery Williams did a little work at cornerback, and Coach Smith said that was cross-training cross training for emergency situations. Of course, he played cornerback last year, was moved over to running back this year, and so he hadn't really done much in exhibition season, so they're giving him every chance to, to make the team and put him over there at cornerback today. It was Matt Hennessy's day at center. You know, they've been rotating. This battle's going down to the wire. Uh, Drew Dahlman and Matt Hennessy for center. And so it was Matt Hennessy's day. And um, in the red zone work, item number seven, uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, he had a good day throwing down there. He, he had a share of touchdowns, but he also had some breakups. Mike Ford was back there when he tried to hit Marvin Jones, I thought a little late. He tried to go a little high, but uh, Mike Ford was able to get over and break break up that pass attempt. And then Ford later broke up one for from Jake Luton for Laquan Treadwell, the former Falcon, you know, former first-round pick with the Vikings. And so the, the Falcons thought they did pretty good uh, pass protection against the Jets. But yet, uh, today against the Jaguars, the Jaguars had their stuff timed up and were batting passes down. So uh, Coach Smith thought that was good work. He said because of the length, you know, the Jaguars were able to get to several, um, several of their passes. We already mentioned Devin Lloyd uh, practicing, the former uh, Utah Ute. I'm sure Jamal Anderson uh, knows him, but Devin practiced today. And then the linebacker rotation, this is a good segue into Deion Jones. Jones was back, but he- – Former pro bowler was not with the first team. He didn't automatically walk back out there. And Coach Smith talks about, you know, the entitlement and earning your way and all that. It's kind of a knock at the brotherhood or perceived as as one in some quarters. But so Jones um, went to the back of the line. Rashid Evans and Mikhail Walker worked with the number one defense. Troy Anderson and Darren Efforts worked together. 
And then Jones and Nick Kowatowski work together. And uh, they also have Nathan Landman. So uh, Coach Smith said the competition is real. And uh, we'll see, you know, just how much competition you're going to have here over the next couple of days and in the final exhibition game. But Dion, you know, member of the uh, Super Bowl team, 2016 second round draft pick, Super Bowl starter, is in the spot where he's got to earn his job back. Fourier Ulikan left, signed with Jacksonville, and the two inside linebackers have been replaced by Rashawn Evans and Mikael Walker. And he went out and got some more linebackers. So Dion is a little bit smaller linebacker at 6'1", 230. Looks like, uh, you know, the bigger linebackers in the 3-4, you know, are built to stop the run. Uh, Dion said he had some problems working outside of the tackle box and from with the space on the sidelines last year when he was playing with the shoulder problem. It was a chronic shoulder problem. He finally got it dealt with. Uh, the one game he missed last year was because the shoulder was flaring up on him. Uh, that's cleaned up now, and now he's got to establish himself as a 3-4 linebacker and that he can handle the rigors of that spot, uh, which, you know, you have a lot of um, responsibility in the run game, not just as a coverage backer, uh, which he's done a great job of and has 11 career interceptions. So when Dion came over after practice, we wanted to know, hey, Dion, how are you doing now? Good. Happy to be back out uh, with my team and fine, getting back into it. And, you know, whenever people are away from the team, it's always tough for the players and so forth. So we wanted to know from Dion, how tough was the road to recovery? I guess recovery is tough on everybody, uh, mentally, physically. I'm just taking it one day at a time, getting back into it. But I had people around me, team, keeping me encouraged, so it was all good. And, uh, you know, normally you don't see an accomplished guy being told, hey, you got to compete for your spot. So we wanted to know, I said, Coach said you have to compete for your spot. How does that sit with you? Every year we come in and compete for our spot, so I'm cool with it. Like, it is what it is. He's not. Doesn't sound like somebody that feels he's entitled to his job. He says he's ready to compete for his job. So that, that shit bode well. Here's how I see that unfolding. You know, people get hurt all the time, uh, but Dion's too good of a player to not use him. And if, you know, on third downs, uh, you know, the knock on Rashard Evans was his coverage skills. Uh, you know, you know they're throwing. You could put Dion on a running back. You could put Dion on a tight end. He's going to cover him. So, you know, that might be one way for him to get on the field. But Dion said he's going to uh, – He's going to learn all the linebacker positions. So he's he's treating it the right way. He also said he doesn't have mind plans on special teams if that's what, uh, what it takes. Now, he's the highest paid player on the team with a $20 million salary cap number. So And we're talking about him being a third-down player and a special teams guy. So, you know, something's got to give here. We also, you know, wanted to ask Dion um, how did he stay on top of the defense while he was out? How was he learning and so forth? I was just staying locked in on the installs, keeping my iPad open. When they have an install, I was in there going over the same routine and just staying fresh on the place. Yeah, and so, you know, just because you don't see, um, you know, too many former uh, all pros in the back of the line, we wanted to know, hey, what's your, mind, what's your mindset like going from, you know, being a Pro Bowl linebacker to somebody fighting to, to keep his position? 
I really feel like I've, I've been doing that every year, just working for my spot. I always come in and compete. And, I mean, it just feels normal, like another day at work. Just feels normal, like another day at work. Uh, you know, Dion, we also asked him about uh, we the unsubstantiated trade rumors. Uh, he said, you know, there wasn't nothing to it. If there was, he would have heard from uh, the Falcons. He would have heard from Arthur Smith. He would have heard from his agent. He doesn't follow social media. Uh, doesn't know the origin of those trade rumors. That's why we never reported them. Because, uh, you know, we called around. Nobody was saying, oh, yeah, we're trying to get him. Or uh, we've heard this, we heard that. So we kind of stayed away from the trade rumor talk. But uh, and he didn't, he didn't, he didn't uh, mess with it either. So that's where we're at with Deion Jones. They're getting ready to play Jacksonville on Saturday at 3 p.m. at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. But before we get out of here from the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, we're going to go over the injury report as best we can. Falcons wide receiver Drake London. He was hit on the left knee against Detroit on August the 12th. Has yet to return to practice. So he's the tie's big part of offense. He's the eighth pick overall in the draft. And he's been out since August the 12th. It is now August the 24th. And we haven't seen him at practice. Okay. The team said the injury was not serious. Uh, but like I said, he's been out for almost two weeks, and he's the number eighth overall pick. Dion made it back from sh- shoulder surgery, right shoulder surgery. Uh, long snapper Bo Brinkley, who suffered a ruptured Achilles, he's on injury reserve. He's working with the trainers in New Jersey, doing the practices and in front of the um, front of uh, uh, the Jets fans and the media who were all there. So the public got video of him too. So. Uh, Bo Brinkley's working his way back. They'll have a decision. Do you keep Bo Brinkley, the veteran, or do you go with the kid, Lamb McCullum? On to the other injuries, defensive tackle Marlon Davidson had his surgery. Uh, they got to make a decision on if he's coming back or not. Are they happy with uh, the backups they have uh, behind Taquan Graham, Grady Jarrett, and Anthony Rush? Looks like the starting three and the three-four. Defensive back Cornell Armstrong is on the IR with an undisclosed injury, and then Vincent Taylor's out for the year with a ruptured Achilles. And the only person left out of this uh, is Isaiah Oliver, who is coming back from a knee injury, hasn't played in the exhibition games. Saw him working out, doing some, some knee work with the trainers. Uh, you know, he was hurt in the fourth game of the year against uh, the Commanders, the now known as Commanders. They were Washington football team last year. Uh, so so that timetable is about, you know, about the time where he should be coming back. Now, defensive tackle Jalen Dalton was injured in the Jets game. He was placed on injury reserve Tuesday in the cut down to 80. And Falcons coach did not want to discuss the injury situation on Wednesday for Dalton when asked how serious the injury was. So here we are. Training camp's just about over. Got the last exhibition game on Saturday. You got the cut down to 53 due on the 4th of August. And then you got the, or excuse me, I don't have my dates in front of me. I want to say the the 30th, next Tuesday. You're due down to um, 53. Then on the 31st, you get the 16. You get the 16 players. 
Then after that week, that's a regular, you know, a little extra time there. And then what's on deck? The New Orleans Saints. You start getting ready for the regular season. So here we are at the end of training camp. The Falcons uh, still coming together. Uh, you know, still got, uh, you know, some, some issues, still have some, you know, things as they are moving on from the Matt, era, Matt Ryan era into a new era of the Atlanta Falcons. So with that, we're going to get out of here from the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We'll be back with you uh, after the final exhibition game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and then we'll get back to our weekly Wednesday morning routine, but we had to go a little uh, day later this week with the Monday night game. Uh, but we'll get back to our post game Bowtie Chronicles and then our Wednesday morning preview look ahead to the upcoming game uh, for the Atlanta Falcons throughout the season. So, with that, this is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal Constitution here with the 346th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Take care and have a great rest of your week. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Oh,